Law Talk, 30 seconds for Radio Law Talk. Twenty seconds for Radio Law Talk. Fifteen seconds. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Welcome to hour three of Radio Law Talk. I'm your host, Frederick Penny, with Denise Dirks, Todd Cunin, and our Producer Cal Hunter, we love being together. We are close friends. Remember, this is the most exciting, entertaining, and sometimes informative show on earth. We are your hosts talking about the latest, most updated lawsuits, legal issues going on in the United States. We make fun uh, with, we have fun with it and sometimes make fun of it. And we actually, you might even learn something, but probably not. Don't expect that, right? We're just here to have fun. Remember, we're going to talk, remember, we're not talking about uh, major legal topics. We're doing uh, uh, general topics. Go seek local counsel. Don't say, look, you know, you guys are giving legal advice and blah, blah, blah. No, we're not. We're having fun. But we're going to talk about the U.S. soccer team's latest lawsuit, Amazon's latest lawsuit against them, uh, Air Force cadets suing. Uh, and what are they suing for we're going to talk about? And then we've got to talk about uh, Palin's latest lawsuit loss against the New York Times and what's going on after that. And then uh, we've just got more and more stuff. We've got so many things to talk about. We've got Brad Pitt issues and and, and Angelina Jolie. Who doesn't talk have about Brad Pitt that? issues? Well, you know, <laughs> if I was his hand, I don't know. But anyway, all I've got to say is we've got so many things to talk about. Can It'll we take stop forever. now? No, we're not going to stop because we got Kelly Clarkson to talk about too. So Show I, me yes. the menu. We're going to talk about Kelly Clarkson maybe. Maybe if we can get to it, she wants to change her name <laughs> legally, you know, and we We've got Brad and Jolie talking. The Brad and Angelina Jolie is very interesting. I want to talk about that. I might even push that up at the beginning after we do the case or no case because that's really interesting what is going on with their French chateau. It's like Brad and Angelina and Johnny Depp and Amber Heard were in this, uh, who can make it more interesting? (laughs) I think they're in a couples therapy group together. Yeah, that yeah. would wouldn't oh, it be interesting, that, Fred? You you have often Fred, I've you have offered. often said you have often offered yes to to be the mediator for free for free for, only for an hour for though. Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. What what would you would you even take a stab at trying to do a four way with Brad Amber Pitt. Heard, Johnny Depp, Brad Pitt, and Angelina Jolie yes. all in the same room? And we'll do it in Malibu. No, you need to have me partnering with you on that. Okay. One. And we will do it in Malibu so they don't have to change. And we'll go down by Zuma Beach. And we can just sit there and zen and talk about the cases together. We will sit in a circle. And and look, Denise, you're invited. Todd, you're invited. And Cal. Cal is, I, you know, he's not a lawyer, but he could he could sure help teach people I'd, things. I'd record it. I'd record it and play yes. it back later. You know. Actually, we I, won't record it at all because it's attorney-client stuff. Okay, I mean, never mind. It's, confidential. It's, it's confidential mediation. I would j- but you know what? That would be. We will do it for free. I would just die laughing if we finally <laughs> get all four people there. Fred sits in. All right, we need to come to an agreement. And all four of them are like, no. What, what are you talking about? We get along famously. This is all just to keep us relevant in the press. What the heck? You know, we, we get a little, let's go out for a drink. We're, we're doing and it. And Fred would say, so it's agreed. <laughs> no. So what I say is, well, I want to be relevant in the press. Let's keep talking yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll just tease let's him. Hope, do let's that. open an influencer house. An influencer lawyer house. Yes. There you go. Oh, what's that? Denise, Todd, and I, and Todd walking around in his underwear with his cats? That's not oh, looking no. good. That's not <laughs> that looking That would be good. influential. <laughs> Cal, yeah. Cal, You're not going to influence too many people with that. Uh, Cal rolling in a little bit later with his wife and saying, 
you know, we better take over this house here. This is, <laughs> this is, this is a lot nicer than ours. I'll be, I'll be honest with you, and I, I love uh, my wife's side of the family, but there are some interesting characters, and it's all brothers. My wife's the only girl, and uh, they've always said, put all the sister-in-laws and myself in a house together. That would be a great show. And I'm telling you, that would be the coolest show. It would be the most off-the-wall show because there's personalities all over the board there, and I'd be the only guy there, and I would just make it work. It would be just fun. CBS would do the spinoff. You could be Big Brother-in-Law. No, Big Brother-in-Law. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or, or Fred's House. That, that'd be really Even exciting. better. Fred's yeah. House. Well, Five it, Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about all that stuff, and even though we're getting into anecdotal stuff, but the most important thing here is we're doing our Case or No Case with Cal Hunter. Now it's time to play Case or No Case. Yay! All right, Claude Howard was a small-town CPA. He had a great practice and a great life. And then he decided he wanted to give something back to his community of Greenville, South Carolina. He wanted to run for auditor and treasurer. This would allow him to keep a close eye on city finances, something he did anyway as a hobby, and oversee the city's investments. He was running against the incumbent, Annie Salem. Ms. Salem was in trouble. The city's investments had not performed well, and Howard's campaign made sure all the local media knew this. But then, as they do every election, campaign finance contribution reports came out. Arlo Pickworth, the local Edward Jones broker, had made a donation to Claude Howard's campaign for $100. But the local TV station got the report, and the reporter mistyped it into the graphics generator as $1,000. That raised the red flag of potential conflict of interest between the auditor-treasurer and the broker, who could have maybe funneled some of the city's investments through him. It gave the appearance of a bad thing, even though it was innocent, you know, the two men went to the local Rotary Club together. Come on. Howard denied the allegations of conflict and tried from the Friday of the report to Election Day the next Tuesday to get a correction and retraction on the local news and, in fact, even bought political ads at great expense to error correction. But the reporter was not available. She was due to have a baby any minute, and Howard lost the election. The TV station general manager appeared on a nightly newscast and apologized. Nonetheless, Howard thought the damage had been done. So he went to see his lawyer and said, listen, this is something they knew was non-factual and they aired it anyway. And so I ask you, do I have a case or no case? Todd Kunin, go. Are, are you telling me that in the middle of a contested election, there might have been some information put out that was inaccurate, Cal. Say it isn't so. Right? Hard to oh believe. Oh, my gosh. Hard to believe. Yeah. How does that happen in today's day and age where if it's on the internet or television, it must be true? Well, I'm kind of thinking the real issue with this guy was, look, the report said $100. You guys erroneously reported 1000 and that's a problem. Yes. You know, so, mm-hmm. so and, and, and you know what? And the, and the five people that saw that report, that might have... <laughs> <laughs> that might have swayed their vote. Cal, this is interesting. I, I think that it piggybacks off a lot of things that have come up in, oh, gosh, every election cycle for the, at least the last decade and a half. And, and oh, that wasn't true about me and back and forth. And uh, in this one here, I'm going to say no case. Fair enough. Denise, what do you think about this? I think that this um, tracks one of our topics for today, which is Sarah Palin. Oh. And I do think that um, this – that. Claude Howard cannot show actual malice. And so any suit against um, the newspaper or the news reporter will not take any traction at all. He, he would lose it. But because it reminds me of Sarah Palin, I'm going to say that it is a made-up story and there's no case. <laughs> you got Just like Sarah's thing, huh? It's, it's a made-up story, and but they retracted, right? They retracted. But in they this retracted. Case, yeah. In this, this case, case, the story didn't. was made up by the New York Times in her case, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm going to yeah. say I'm following Denise. I truly think, how this is just a scenario. I think it might even be a scenario, but it is not a case. Todd, you said it's not a case I either. Said, I said it's not a case. So we got three not a cases, a not a case. And yeah. if And if it's a case... Guess what? Cal is going to get three points. You know, sometimes you guys are just no fun. You can't all agree with each other. That's not right. I just, I truly think that's what it is. Before I go just to disagree to try to get points, and I always lose, so I just might as well do, go. With, I'm going with my gut. Well, we come back, we're going to find out about case or no case. Women's soccer, latest Palin lawsuit. We're talking about Brad Pitt. 
We got to talk about Kelly Clarkson. We got a lot of issues. We'll be back. Our show prep agenda is loaded with good stuff, and you won't want to miss a second of the show as it continues. So stay tuned. This is Radio Law Talk. Stay tuned for more Radio Law Talk. It's coming right up after we break away. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. Call now, 800-238-9182, 800-238-9182, Again, that's 800-238-9182. <laughs> You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic. And maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call PetJoy right now. 800-711-9218. That's 800-711-9218. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800 352 3308. 800 352 3308. That's 800 financing provider to hundreds of thousands of America's business owners. If your business does at least $120,000 a year in gross sales, we can get you more money to run your business in as little as 72 hours. Our terms are simple, repayment plans are flexible, and based on your cash flow. Plus, the paperwork is minimal and the approval process is fast. So in the time you've listened to this commercial, you could have learned if you qualify to get up to $5 million in cash deposited to your business bank account in the next two to three days. Funding specialists are ready to take your call right now and get you the money you need fast. Call 800-559-5523. That's 800-559-5523. Again, 800-559-5523. Call now. Boys are weird. Are Are you serious? This is Radio Law Talk with Frederick Penny. 
We're back talking about uh, U.S. women's soccer. Uh, they brought a lawsuit, as you know. Oh, what? Wait, no, we were doing case or no case. Yes, we? we are. Oh my gosh, I forgot. You, they're pointing I, I want to know if we won. Oh my gosh, you're right. You're like, oh! we are going to talk about women's soccer. Let's finish case or no case. I apologize. I was in so excited to talk about that. Cal, we all of us said that's no case when you talked about this uh, very interesting. Case. Well, for this disgruntled candidate for city office, I will say this. This previous version of Cal's Fairy Tales is brought to you by... <laughs> no, case. Case. no case. No okay, case. Okay, so we no won. Okay, so you did. All won. of you won. Congratulations to all of you. Yeah, Cal, we're... I'm we're, still ahead. We're still getting... What's the score? I'm at 36. Uh, Fred, you're at 31. Wow, we're catching. Oh, wait, 33. Yeah, 31. And Todd is at 26. Wow, good. Oh, my, my score is the same as the age I identify with, <laughs> which is less than half my actual 60, age. 62? <laughs> yeah, he's dyslexic. <laughs> well, the women's soccer bring a lawsuit for the following. And look, let me tell you, I'm going to preface this. We are politically neutral. We argue both sides. But I have a question about this that I'm curious, and I want Denise actually to answer this as a woman, and, and, and I, I just wonder that we don't have all the facts. Now, they, the argument is that the women's soccer is not getting paid equal, that the men's soccer are getting paid uh, for the USA soccer teams, right? Now, here's an interesting way, kind of whacked, that I was kind of shocked about, whacked numbers about the World Cup. So FIFA or FIFA is when they have the World Cup, how the men get paid and the women. Now, this does not have anything to do with, I mean, FIFA is separate than the U.S. Women's Soccer that is correct. Uh, Association, right? So we're talking something separate, but I just want you to hear this. So the World Cup in 2019 was in Paris. So this is what the disparity is in the pay. FIFA, that's the you know soccer worldwide, awarded $400 million in prize money for the 32 teams at the 2018 Men's World Cup and $38 million to the champion. That was France. Now, FIFA awarded $30 million total. Don't forget those 40, $400 million, $30 million total to the women for 24 teams, so it was less teams. But in 2019, the Women's World Cup, including $4 million to the USA, who won, compared to the $38 million that was paid to the men's. Now, the U.S. women's soccer uh, team sues, not on those issues, but on issues saying they're not getting paid equal that men are being paid. And as of now, they just settled out for $24 million, the women's soccer uh, saying that, that over this is not just this past year, but over the years they haven't received equal pay, and um, the settlement was $24 million. Now, here's the questions I have. <clears throat> the first question is, was that, and this is not what's come out, was that due to the percentage of the income that came in due to t television, due to uh, endorsements, et cetera, to the men's compared to the women, or was that just the disparity in general? That's the first question. Now let me ask you the second question. The second question is, and I've been at the airport in Sacramento, California, and I remember going to the airport and seeing when they had the team, the WNBA team, the Sacramento women's basketball uh, WNBA, and they were getting on Southwest Airlines. I think it was Southwest or Delta, where the men are flying on private charter, right? So my question is, if this is the case, and it, and, it, and it had to do with because of the amount of income that came in, does now that WNBA get paid as the same as the NBA and or should they? That's the question I'm going to ask you guys. Go for it, whoever wants to talk about that. So you want me to go first? You want me to go first? You give me this look like you want to go oh, first. No. Okay, you want me to go first? Okay. Yes. All right, all right. So, so here is the way that I look at this. First, um, I'm happy that the suit settled, and, and, and I'm happy that it appears that both sides are agreeable and amenable to the terms of the settlement. Okay. I'm a little perplexed as to how the suit was even filed or came about or the circumstances to begin with for this reason. Women's soccer is a union. 
they fall under the, the the name of their union is the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team Players Association, and they have a collective bargaining agreement. They collectively bargain with U.S. Soccer over wages, hours, and working conditions, and the amount for which they were paid was pursuant to the amount that they collectively bargained for under the previous collective bargaining agreement. Now, once that expired, they didn't have a collective bargaining agreement going forward with U.S. soccer, but they were still a union. They were still able to collectively bargain. Typically, when you're not, when a group is not able to reach an agreement with ownership about pay, what do you do? Either you have, like we have in baseball, the owners lock the players out, or you have the players strike and for, refuse to perform labor until we reach a new collective bargaining agreement. And this all falls under the purview of the National Labor Relations Act as monitored by the National Labor Relations Board. So why is it that this suit gets filed initially with the EEOC, which is for private employers, not necessarily union employers, when you already have agreed to be in an arena where you can collectively bargain for wages, and if you don't like it, then take it to the bargaining table. That's, that's, that's the one that I have a question about. I don't know how this got started, but it did. And, and to answer your question, while we know the amount of the pot in both men's soccer and women's soccer that came from FIFA, um, I mean, look, the women's... Uh, World Cup, the total pot is less than 10% of the total pot for the men. So clearly it's different. What we don't know is how much does women's soccer generate in terms of ad and television revenue versus men's soccer versus ads and television revenue. But if FIFA is any gauge, my guess is a lot more revenue is generated for men's soccer than women's soccer. And maybe it's still, even though it's generated more, it's still unequal as to the percentage. We're going to come back and talk more about this and get the woman power lawyer's perspective on it. Denise Dirks, we'll be back. Radio Law Talk can be heard on radiolawtalk.com from 9 to noon Pacific time every Saturday. That's radiolawtalk.com. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. Do you run a business and want to learn how you can get between $10,000 to $5 million in 60 seconds? We're biz to credit a top-rated online financing provider to hundreds of thousands of America's business owners. If your business does at least $120,000 a year in gross sales, we can get you more money to run your business in as little as 72 hours. Our terms are simple, repayment plans are flexible, and based on your cash flow. Plus, the paperwork is minimal, and the approval process is fast. So in the time you've listened to this commercial, you could have learned if you qualify to get up to $5 million in cash deposited to your business bank account in the next two to three days. Funding specialists are ready to take your call right now and get you the money you need fast. Call 800-559-5523. That's 800-559-5523. Again, 800-559-5523. Call now. I've got to get my car washed. This dirt, it just won't do. The best thing about Quick Cut Car Wash is whenever you go through, the smell on your car is always great, and they have super fun lights and colors. But I don't have no time today. I don't know what I do. Your car smells good and it's clean at Quick Cut Car Wash. And I know this place right down the road. Quick 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 Quack car, car, car Wash. Quick Quack Car Wash. Get the quick quack confidence. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Get the quick quack habit. Take a car once a week. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. I like quick quack because of the mascot, Quackles. Come on, quick quack car. So we sell unlimited membership for per vehicle. You can add a family plan and add an additional vehicle at a discounted rate. Don't drive that dirty car. Uh-huh. Quick quack car. Keep listening for an exciting offer from U.S. Med. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain and inconvenience of pricking your fingers over and over again by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM. 
you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call today and learn about the latest CGM technology. 800-251-7560. 800-251-7560. We'll tell you all you need to know about CGMs. A CGM can immediately reduce pain. It's accurate, easy to use, and helps you make better diabetes treatment decisions. And with insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now to learn more. 800-251-7560. 800-251-7560. Plus, get free shipping and we'll bill your insurance company for you. CGMs are the newest in diabetic technology. They can help you stay in range and manage your diabetes better. Call now to receive your new continuous glucose monitor at little or no out-of-pocket cost. And delivery is free. Remember, if you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call today and learn about the latest CGM technology. Call 800-251-7560. 800 800-251-7560. 800-251-7560. and deductibles may apply. 800-251-7560. That's 800-251-7560. Sponsored by U.S. Medical Supply. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-918-1376, 800-918-1376, that's 800-918-1376. If podcasts are more your style, you can listen to every episode of Radio Law Talk anytime you want at radiolawtalk.com. Oh, come on. Time to get back to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station. If you want to call in and talk about this topic, you can call in at 855-529-7234. We're live 9 to noon Pacific time, so if it's uh, you are not listening to it during that time, we will not be answering the phones. But this is a very interesting thing we're talking about. And again, we like to argue both sides. And we don't know everything, so we're going to say that right up front. We don't know everything. But the question is, and that's why I put Todd and Denise talking about it, and I want Denise to, to, to lay in on on about the disparity with the women's cup and and the issues of of women getting paid less than men is number one. Todd brought up a good good argument. That's just hey, it's this is the agreement. This is what the agreement was. When the agreement ends, let's let's that's when you can argue it, right? Because you have a collective bargaining agreement. The other issue is is it does it go off the amount of income coming in through commercials, through TV, through whatever, um, and they get their percentage of that? It sounds like they don't, but there's clearly a huge disparity. And I we don't know this answer, but I'm gonna lean saying that women's soccer in 2019, probably back to 2006, 17, 18, when they were really good. Again, this is not a factual thing. This is just the Fred Penny. I remember everyone talking about women's soccer. I don't ever remember anyone talking about men's soccer. So the question is, did they get more you know, TV play or more popularity during that time? I would think yes than in the this, men's. In this suit, that's not the issue. The yeah, issue is equal pay, 
equal employment opportunities. That's what the whole thing was about. It was not about the contract dispute. In fact, that contract had expired and the unions had a very major problem on their hand because these soccer players were not going to enter into another collective bargaining agreement unless they had equal rights. And in fact, that is what came out of the suit, which is amazing. Only $24 million was paid to resolve the suit, $22 million goes to the you know, the actual named soccer players, and $2 million is going into a fund to help charities. So when when the soccer players are finished with their career, they can apply for up to $50,000 to start charitable um, items, you know, and things that they want to do. And in, in my opinion, if the union had not agreed to the settlement, um, there would have been a major uprising um, and women just n- have not had equal bargaining position. So what is conditioned on this money being paid is also conditioned on the ratification by the women of new collecting bargaining agreement for the USWNT and for U.S. soccer. And then that will resolve all the claims in the 2019 suit. And in 2019, the women were so successful and won so much, they got a lot of a national intention. The question becomes, does it mean that they get less pay because they may not get the same pay for endorsements when women only get 83 cents on the dollar usually you know that's what or the question is or less and so this is a huge win right. for women and um and all women not just soccer players no i think todd said this was a good thing it was good that they settled yeah out. no i agree I, with I todd. think it's, i think it's good that they settled and i think it's good that both parties are happy the the, the issue the issue that I bring up again kind of gets to what you just said. You said this was about pay and and equal employment opportunities, right? Yes. Well, again, when you join a union, now, just because the collective bargaining agreement expired doesn't mean that the union all of a sudden is decertified and there's no longer a union. They're still a part of a union. And if they're still a part of that union, when you join a union, it's telling that union, you will bargain on behalf of me, the employee. And there's three things that they bargain over with a union. Wages, hours, and working conditions. Wages would be the pay. And so this, in my opinion, should have always been a union collective bargaining issue. Now, where I will say, and in the last three minutes while you were talking, I researched stuff because we had questions about how much revenue men's soccer and women's soccer brings in. And what's perplexing to me is why the people bargaining, collectively bargaining on behalf of women's soccer, did not use these statistics to force through collective bargaining, better wages. Because here's the stat coming from PolitiFact that I'm reading right here. From 2016 to 2018, during that period, the women's team brought in $50.8 million in revenue. While the men's team, who were paid more under their contract, brought in $49.9 million. That's so what we're the saying, so man. the women's That's what I was saying so, so the women's bargaining position that's he, what they've won. But here's the thing. They shouldn't have won it through EEOC. They should have won it through the collective bargaining process right. because they have a union to tell the union to tell you uh, the soccer, look, we bring in more money than the men do. We are more profitable to you than the men's ball club. And if you don't pay us accordingly, you're not going to have a women's soccer team. Well, that's a slam and, dunk. And, and to that me. is where that is where you then have the employer say, "Well, we don't want to lose this fifty million dollars in revenue, so we better pay you because we don't want you to walk out." And they didn't go that way. Right. Yes, FIFA's without without bringing the equal opportunity and pay issue in the e. EOC court, they never would have been able to overcome that, sorry to say this, sexist belief mm-hmm. comparing women and male, female, male and pay- players. Um, that's what was happening. So by right. them bringing in the equal opportunity, it took away, I believe, that old notion of comparison between female and male players. Well, let's even compare though. Women are kicking the butt of men when it comes to the finances they're making more money for it and that's what's interesting it's like i you know uh, 
I could at least see the argument if the women are bringing in ten million a year and the men fifty million, right? Yeah. But it's the women are bringing in more. Did it say in two thousand nineteen? When did they win the the World Cup? Um, what years? Two thousand nineteen. Two thousand. Yes. Wonder what two thousand nineteen was. Probably even bigger now, than that. Now here's the thing. This this was only from twenty sixteen to twenty eighteen. Right. Now now here's why with the women's World Cup in terms of the amount paid from FIFA, oh, that was the great. men's team, the men's team. If they, I think they qualified for World's Cup. They just didn't go very far. Based upon a $400 million total pot with the winner making $38 million, the men's team probably made more in the World Cup than the women's team did because they, the women's team only got $4 bucks. Three million, I think it was. It was four. It was four. Four, four, four. There were four the million. Team. And there were the cha- four million the for being team. the winning team. But the team that came in dead last in the World Cup with a $400 million total pot made more than $4 million. And if that was – so that year, and this is every four years that you have the World Cup, that might be skewing the uh, revenue over a four-year period. This was only reported for a three-year period. Yeah. So I don't know what that fourth year for World Cup, what effect that would have had on it. But um, for a three-year period, the women made more than the men did. And I think that's where they can go in. And, and I, I guess the only disagreement I have is – The women made more revenue, brought in more revenue. They, they brought the in more revenue for that. And that's where if if that is a consistent thing and ongoing, well, rather than the EEOC, I disagree that they needed that lawsuit to overcome the, the sexist nature of it. I think it's a matter of dollars and cents. If you're making more money, you go to – I don't care what you think about women or men from – if I was negotiating on behalf of the women. We make more money for you, and unless you pay us accordingly, we will go on strike, and you won't make a dime, and you can't contract with anybody else, and U.S. soccer doesn't want to lose that $50 million, right? And because they've also got contracts with television providers to put a product out on the field, and they don't want to put out scrubs – I think there was an opportunity for them to collectively bargain and get those. Sounds rights. like the FIFA is even way more skewed than the USA. It is way oh, more. Yeah. So it I think is, it's, but I do have to say something. Yeah, there's a lot more men's team teams. Not that many more though. In, in the world, yes. Oh no, but I'm saying in the world. Well, Cup, that's what FIFA is about. Yeah, FIFA. There, it, right? said, it said the number. How many? What well, the number was? Thirty something women team and forty something men's team. Hold on. I, I, I think I there think Denise are, is talking about the total number. I'm saying of the total number. Men's soccer yeah. players right. worldwide playing in yes. leagues and all this kind of stuff versus yeah. women's soccer players yes. turning. But in still, FIFA in FIFA, there's 24 women's teams and 32 men's teams. So it's not that big of it. It's an eight difference. Last time I checked my math, that's only eight team difference. Yet the difference is the disparity was. What four hundred million go to the men and thirty million gross yeah. go to the women? That's that's not like even close. That's a massive disparity. But again, we're talking about more progressive United States. Other countries are not going to be so progressive. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we'll have like, to see what yeah. happens. I mean, I it might be a trend. We'll have to see. We'll see. But anyway, that was an interesting discussion. That's why we're here at Radio Law Talk. We like to argue both sides and, and see how it comes out. Uh, call us at 855-LAW-RADIO or go to Radio Law Talk. Well, we'll be back for our final segment and do... What do we do at the very end, Cal? We do quick takes where you get to give a quick take on one of the topics we've discussed today. And uh, one of these times we might even have a quiz, but uh, not now. We'll do quick takes in the last hour. So stay tuned for the rest of Radio Law Talk. Stay tuned for more Radio Law Talk. It's coming right up after we break away. services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. 
If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In, ready to grow with you. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. I've got to get my car washed, this dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today, I don't know what I do. Man, I know this place right down the road. Quick, quack, car wash. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. Come on, quick, quack, car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Quick, quack, car wash. They'll have you looking sharp. If your loved one has passed away due to COVID-19, pay close attention to this message. You could be entitled to a death benefit of over $300,000. The U.S. government has set up a fund to pay families relief if they've lost a loved one due to COVID-19. We know this is a hard time for you, and this fund has been set up by the federal government to help ease your pain. The compensation includes a death benefit and lost wages benefit. Time is limited, so we urge you to make a free phone call right now. There's no cost to you for this claim. All legal fees are only covered once you receive your money. So if you've lost a loved one due to COVID-19, call the legal helpline right now to find out if you qualify for a cash award. Here's our number. 800-918-7092. 800-918-7092. That's 800-918-7092. Paid for by the IPG Law Group. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. Call now, 800-238-9182, 800-238-9182, Again, that's 800-238-9182. If you pay my fee, I'll take your case. Oh, that's stone. And now back to Radio Law Talk, and here's your host, Frederick Penny. We appreciate you guys uh, chit-chatting with us and uh, hanging out while Denise looks at her phone and talking about, about Kelly Clarkson, Bo Bice, and all the, uh, the different uh, American Idol winners, because we're going to talk about Kelly Clarkson this uh, last segment. Um, but you know what? Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate you. Man, you're three hours. You got your seatbelt on. You're listening to all this fun stuff. And we like the last segment because it's like it's like a rush. What do you want to call it? We just boom, 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 hit some stuff. And I'm going to hit the Amazon one, and we're each going to talk about a certain topics. Denise is going to talk about what? What are you going to talk about, Denise? You don't know. Um... Sarah Palin. Okay, it's Palin. What do you want to talk about, Tom? <laughs> oh, Clarkson. I'm, yes, yes. Let's, let's let's talk about Kelly Clarkson. Okay, first I want to talk about the Amazon lawsuit. So <laughs> what happened is, as recently our firm did bring a lawsuit against uh, Lyft, 
and um, about the big issue is, are they independent contractors or not? This is what Amazon's, uh, there's an accident that occurred where a truck lost, was, the guy was looking down, the Amazon driver, and they're saying they're independent contractors, and they're not, quote, Amazon-type drivers, and this is in Virginia, and ran over a motorcyclist and broke his leg and hurt him, and they had to amputate his leg. So uh, the, the latest that's going on, he, he hurt his wrist also, is the individual was looking down at his GPS directions, and, and the big argument here is for the lawyers, for the plaintiff's lawyers, the, for the motorcyclist who was injured, which is kind of a great argument, that, that Amazon pushes their drivers and or their, quote, independent drivers that they argue, uh, independent contractors, to unrealistic expectations that put drivers at seriously uh, doing seriously dangerous stuff. Now, here's the one thing I want to bring, bring up. I didn't know this, that apparently there's an Amazon Flex app, and this app is in their vehicle, and if you're falling behind, it has like a little rabbit that pops up, and it shows you're behind the rabbit, and apparently you need to go rescue the rabbit somehow uh, to, to catch up, and then you get texts like you're behind, you need to catch up. So they're actually going after them saying, look, you guys are pushing these drivers too hard, and this is what's causing accidents. But anyway, that's in California, we, we argued that Lyft drivers are uh, ostensible agents, of their actual drivers, and we actually won that case, by the way. So, so I guess my question to you, Fred, is this. If throughout this case, so the guy's using the Amazon app that they have to use, and they do have this feature that says the rabbit's got to push them, but if they're unable to prove that in this particular case, though the guy was looking down, he wasn't running behind, there were no rabbits pushing him to go forward or doing anything, is any of that even relevant to this particular case? Well, good argument, but I, I, I would bet that the whole point is that they're that my understanding the plaintiffs are arguing, let's assume that didn't happen, it's still there in the back of the mind of the driver that they have to push themselves to get this done. Even if he wasn't behind the rabbit, but the point is he has to really work hard to make sure he's above the rabbit. Because yeah, but don't you think it's like distracting the driver purposely when they have to look at the GPS rabbit? Well, that, a lot of people will look at GPS, but the point is is the pressure to get things done on time. And there, I think I believe there's lawsuits against Domino's on that issue mm. that you're trying to rush, you know, and you get in accidents. And uh, I don't quote me on that because I don't want Amazon going, oh, we never got super. But that's the same basic argument. If you're pushing your people to get things done way too fast, not that they can get it done quickly, but way too fast, it puts pressure on them, and that pressure makes them get in accidents. That's their general argument, even if this guy was ahead of the rabbit. I would be curious to know through discovery if they were ultimately able to show that, okay, it's, there's nothing wrong with uh, wanting people to – have the expectation that they make deliveries on time. But if they are loading so much product and so much delivery onto a car that it is, you know, if they're able to show through discovery that it's nearly impossible to get this, t allowing for traffic delays and things like that, I think that makes the case worse for Amazon, definitely. Well, yeah, but even if it's not impossible but just more difficult, it puts pressure. Their argument is it puts pressure on them even if they're able to keep up, but they know they have to keep up, right? Yeah. So that's the issue. So anyway, that's going forward. We're going to follow that as time goes on. Uh, let's talk about really quick, uh, Denise, Sarah Palin. We're going to talk about that last uh, last uh, week. Uh, we had the best of Radio Law Talk, but Sarah Palin lost her case against the New York Times. What's the ramifications there? Well, it, whenever you have a public figure and there's an allegation of def defamation or libel against that public figure by pr a press, which New York Times is a press, um, then that fi public figure has to show actual malice. So it's not enough to show that it, the, the item itself, whatever the words were, are untrue. They have to actually show that the person that made those words acted with actual malice. And that is what Sarah Palin failed to do. And we had talked about it a couple weeks ago, and I had kind of surmised that I think she couldn't show the damages. So the side of it would be the injuries and the damages. But what happened in her case is the judge, after the case went to the juror and was given to the jury, the judge made the comment that he was going to dismiss the case because Ms. Palin had not shown actual malice. And somehow that word got out, and the jurors heard that, 
And then the jury came back and found that New York Times was not liable to Palin because she could not show actual malice. And so the, it kind of is the, the cart chasing the horse or whatever you want to say. I don't think anything of real consequence is going to come of this. I don't necessarily believe that Sarah Palin's going to appeal it because I don't think she has good grounds for appeal. But um, it was interesting that the judge had, prior to the jury, making his decision, said he was going to dismiss it. That was very unusual. That doesn't happen, usually ever. And um, and then to have the jury come back and say they had heard what the judge had done and they found the same way was equally disturbing. And yeah. unless it's appealed, it's going to be of no consequence. There's a, I can't remember. There was one argument they were going to say about on a... I don't remember what it was. They were arguing something. Well, if but, they can show that the jury found out about the judge's ruling and that, oh, that, effect, that, affected the their, that affected their deliberations. Now, some would look at that and say, well, what difference does it make? Because if they had found in Sarah Palin's favor, the judge was going to dismiss it anyway. The, the problem that we've got with it was if they had found in Sarah Palin's favor and the judge dismissed it, then – the rule on appeal, the issue on appeal, is abuse of discretion by the judge to overturn the jury verdict. Before the jury verdict well, was well, done. Well, if, if, for example... Because it should be a JNOV, which is a judgment notwithstanding the verdict. But he made the judgment before he heard the verdict. That, right. That's right. And so the issue is if he had said nothing and then later overturned it, then they could have appealed for abuse of discretion to overturn the jury verdict. But because he preempted it and the yes. jury found out about it, it muddies the waters about what it the does. issue of appeal is. And it might grant a new trial as a result of that, could. but I don't think so. I think it won't be appealed. That's kind of my feeling on it. But, you know, who knows? I mean, there was estimates that an appeal would cost upside of $8 million. Yes. And, yeah. and she only has $12 million. So well, I don't know if I'd risk that much are money. They, are they, Denise, you think they're going to go after costs on this case? They might They, they might try to get their Who, costs. Oh, New, you mean New York, New York Times. Times? Of course yeah. they're going to go after costs. Yeah. Todd, yeah. tell yeah. us about uh, Kelly, Kelly and, Clarkson. And oh, one thing I, I wanted sure. to say, I forgot to say this, is that freedom of the press is an equal right to freedom of speech, guys. It's important. It's in very important. That's why there's such a high standard. Yes. Um, and actual malice is required when it's a public figure. Guess what, Todd? I know this is going to make you really sad. What? We're out of time. Oh, we, we are out of time. We are out of oh time. Oh, my gosh. We've got Brad Pitt. We'll talk about next week. Let's talk about let's talk about Kelly Clarkson next week. Let's <laughs> save it. Yeah, let's save it. And let's talk about Brad Pitt suing Angelina Jolie and Kelly Clarkson next week. So that's going to – you guys hang on to your little, little tiny shirts there and come back next week. Pacific time, 9 to noon. We're live. Cal, roll it. Now, now it's time for quick takes, and uh, Mr. Kuhner, I'll bet you are already. You look like you're ready to give us one quick take. Well, I'm just curious about this new Amazon policy because it sounds like they're really against the rabbit dying. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so Denise, funny. what is yours? I love soccer. It doesn't matter if it's men's soccer, women's soccer, children's soccer. I love soccer. So I'm really proud of the women for fighting as hard as they did for equal pay. Awesome. And mine is boring, but you know what? When you're asked to be on a juror, put your little hat on that makes you remember things. And when in doubt, tell the judge so you don't get things going out on appeal. We'll be back next week, 9 to noon. been listening to radiolawtalk.com a copyrighted presentation of radio law talk incorporated radio